thing on? Is this thing on? Good. I don't know how much time I have, but, but you have to listen. I, I might have said too much already, but welcome back to the Trauma Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, watch out, because Uncle Ken might be infected. I might be one of the infected ones out there, ladies and gentlemen. Now, listen, you got to pass this on. Because I don't know if I'm getting out of here anytime soon. I'm stuck in the South Bay of California. After working on several positive patients, they've put us in lockdown. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what's next. I may just disappear into some, some city gulag. And, and I end up, five years later, you find me scrounging and picking bugs off me as a homeless vagrant on the streets. That's what happened to the previous homeless on the streets right now. They were all H1N1 positive firefighters and paramedics. And the city just swallowed them up and kicked them out five years later. Shells of what they used to be. I'm, I'm almost positive that's what happened. And now, as I sit in my station with a captain and an engineer sent home on quarantine with a total of, as this moment, 1,500 to uh, March 12th, 2020, there are 77 firefighters that are in quarantine and two that have tested positive, one that is in intensive care uh, and one retired firefighter that also has tested positive. So... Uh, it's no joke. I, I know I make laughter out of um, out of tragedy, but I'll tell you what, that's what tragedy is all about, by the way. Do you get the joke, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and germs? Pardon the pun. But uh, what do we know about this COVID-19? You know what I'm talking about? It, by the way, it's why is it 19? should have been 20. It's already behind the times. But uh, yeah, this coronavirus, this novel coronavirus has got the world by the balls and it's just juggling them it's just playing with the balls like you know those little zen balls that you just you just roll in the palm of your hand that's what the coronavirus is doing right now to the genitals of the world it's just like i gotcha i gotcha you want to say oh pull on you right there italy oh it's in the crotch of the italian leg and it's just tugging just tugging on the infrastructure just going, they shut down all, all public events. And the Pope's like, I don't believe you're going to come here. And it's just tugging on Vatican City. It's all no public appearances, Pope. He's like, I did the And, um, uh, and then, you know, in Asia, they say like they've heard, they've, they've corralled it. Hooray! <laughs> And they're dancing around in the rest. Do you see this? They're dancing in the hospitals. The last corona patient um, has been, quote unquote, discharged. Uh, that may or may not be uh, discharged by uh, automatic firearm. The way that uh, they handle it. Hey, guys, I kid around here. And by the way, who cares? There's no way. You know, um, there's not too many people listening, but if you are, you realize it's just in the spirit of levity and in the midst of tragedy. It's a gallows humor of sorts. So we're seeing the world collapse. We're seeing some social economic downturns. We're seeing uh, America shut down trade and uh, flights. Well, I should say flights, not trade entirely. 
But flights to Europe, any, any flights coming from Europe uh, have been shut down. We've shut down any flights coming in from Asia, in particular China. Ooh, what else is happening? Uh, you can feel tensions churning between the donkey and the elephants. And uh, I don't know if it's Trump's fault. Uh, first, he wasn't taking it seriously enough. And then it was, no, he was taking it too seriously. And he was being racist by shutting down Asia. And then he was not serious enough about it. So that it was a situation where now we're, we're, in a, we're trying to lie about an epidemic which has become pandemic. And now he's doing too harsh of a move by shutting down Europe flights. What are we talking about? What is happening right now? People, let's get our breath. Let's take a little breath, by the way. While we take that breath, go on your personal computer and type in www.traumedypodcast.com. Do a little breath of fresh air. I'm right there. I'll help you out. Pass that on. You don't even need to tap a friend on the physical shoulder. You just send that over on a text or in an email to a buddy and go, hey, listen, this guy is sitting in the midst of it. And he's breathing like he's intubated. He's relaxed. And damn, does he have a honey, sweet, trickle voice. Anyway, pass on Traumedy Podcast to your friends and neighbors, enemies, anyone concerned with the Traumedy uh, traumedy virus. Let's get this thing going as viral as the corona uh, virus. And um, keep this in mind. This is, uh, this is history in the making. You know, that they, I've been waiting for one of these bad boys since I first heard of the H1N1 flu of 1918. And, you know, we've been watching these things come and go. We saw SARS and MERS. And I'm not sure if you know that SARS, uh, which happened in, the, about in 08, I want to say 08 or 09, and MERS, which are, those, are all, uh, those are all coronaviruses. So this is a new or novel coronavirus. So they're respiratory disorders for the most part. They came from South Africa, South Asia, Southeast Asia, S-A-R-S, Southeast Asian Respiratory Syndrome, and um, Mediterranean, Mediterranean Respiratory Syndrome. I think that was the other one. So uh, MRSA and, or MERS and SARS, that's where we get the terms. So this is the same kind of thing. They come through the population very often, and, and they can be pretty damn deadly. In fact, this might be a little bit more deadly than um, the average flu, which is what we're seeing. From what I can tell, they say the flu kills about 0.2 to 0.7% of the population every year. This is looking at a 3.2 to a 3.6% of people that get infected will die of it. That's a giant leap. Now, when we're talking about things like the bubonic plague, that was about 17 to 25% of the people that contracted the bubonic plague died of the bubonic plague. It's a larger number. Okay? It's not in those numbers yet. So in terms of world pandemics, in, in terms of Captain Trips. Right, which was a 98% mortality rate in Stephen King's book. 
that we're, we're pissing in the wind. This thing is not anything to get your hackles up about. But that being said, let's take it seriously. Let's not go out to public events if we could help it. Let's wash our hands and stop touching our face or our friends' faces, shall we? Um, here's the situation. This is, this is real deal. And even if it's not as severe as the big ones, let's use this as practice for the big ones. Okay, so what do we know? It is very communicable. Initially, they said that this was transmittable via droplets, by mucus, by anything from the lungs or airway that got into your airway or soft or mucus membranes. What they're now saying is it may be as microscopic as uh, being able to be airborne on regular breath without it being coughed in large droplets. So it is very communicable. That being said, you're going to need to at least, if you plan on going out and being in contact with people, you should get yourself ready. You should get some gear on you to be safe. Here's the action circle, the amount of proximity you should have with your fellow person. Six feet. Six feet in an open place. If you need to get closer than that, and you're in a position where you may be running into people that have this virus, and I'll let you be the judge of that. I'm going to say people that work in healthcare, people that work with the homeless and indigent, um, people that are working in the airports or in travel destinations or locations, hubs, should definitely consider wearing some personal protective equipment. And the big ones to have are a set of goggles that wrap around gloves and a respiratory, I'm sorry, and a, 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 uh, an N95 respirator. Some kind of respirator that has a HEPA filter in it, that has a very small filtration grid inside it. The N95s are the ones that we are using for contact with people where I'm not being exposed to actual mucus and droplets. Good luck trying to find them right now. And if that's the case and you're at a high risk, well, then maybe reconsider going out in public and risking that. Okay? If you're in one of those positions where you need it because you're coming into contact, I hope that you're able or your company is able to provide you with those respirators and those gloves and goggles because you're going to need them. When I do certain treatments, I actually have to wear a bigger mask. It looks like a gas mask from the World War I. We put on a P100 Sunstrom, and that should protect me a little bit more thoroughly. I doubt that you're going to be doing intubations, suctions, CPAP, or giving breathing treatments to patients. But if you are... Get a Sunstrom, put on a P100 respirator with the purple filter on it, and don't get overly infected and contaminated with mucus. Try and be neat and tidy.
The other thing is if you're planning on going out, rethink where you're going. Rethink if you really need to do that now or if it can wait. Now, here's a big bummer for us. I got my little boy's one-year birthday is coming up, and we had a gathering of friends and family, basically family. And uh, we had people coming in from out of town, elderly people. And that's a big no-no right now. What we're seeing right now on this U-shaped curve, that's what they talk, talk about is a U-shaped curve of infection where typically with these illnesses, the very young and the very old are particularly susceptible because the middle ground are very healthy people that have an ability to roll with the punches. Our homeostasis is a much more balanced, broad beam that we walk and therefore, we don't run the risks that the very old and the very young, who can't compensate, who can't cope with illnesses, um, they don't have that ability like we do. Uh, one of the beautiful things is about this is that children are being exempted from it. For some reason, children aren't getting the virus. It's only about 2% of the people that have contracted coronavirus are kids. That's amazing. They think possibly because kids have, be it the, the, the uh, petri dishes on legs running around getting infected with everything under the sun on a regular basis, they have contracted viruses so similar to coronavirus that their bodies are more or less immune or can, can, can cope with this and, and call an audible with their immune system and deal with this relatively easily. So we're not seeing the kind of mortality rate that you may see that we're seeing in the H1N1, the swine flu of 1918. We are seeing that, however, in, in elderly patients. So they're not able to cope with it. Additionally, any patient that has a pre, uh, um, um, has, a, has a pre, what am I trying to say? Preordained? No. Has a previous respiratory illness like chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, like congestive heart failure, um, anywhere, anytime that they have uh, had a recent illness, pneumonia, they've been fighting the flu, uh, that compounds with the disease and it's causing uh, an exponential effect on people. And to, to be blunt, those are the people that are dying. Also, people overweight. So if you compound all of these, these risk factors, being old, having a respiratory issue, having diabetes, having COPD, being overweight, this is coming through like a reaper's scythe, and it's, it's taking people out. Um, but a very small scythe. So I, I apologize. I don't mean to joke about it. Um, and I don't mean to be that broad stroked about it, but, uh, it, it, you know, these things come through. And if you are someone in that risk zone, or if you are, you have family members that are in that risk zone, which we may, I, I have that we're, we're canceling the party so that they don't come and potentially get infected by who, by me, by me. Cause this guy, I, I'm, I'm now at work. I've been, uh, I've been on two calls. Uh, where we know that they were confirmed coronavirus patients. And I'm 
I was safe. I had on um, an addition to the mask, to the goggles, to the gloves. We're also wearing gowns. We have Tyvek suits and we have Tyvek gowns that we that we put on. In both of those cases, in both of those cases, uh, or the the case where I had two patients. I uh, had all the all the equipment on, and we were able to stay distanced from them. We basically were able to get them out of the house uh, and to the gurney outside because they weren't reporting any respiratory issues. There's no altered level of consciousness. Their vitals were stable enough that they could stand up and walk outside and sit down, and we could take care of them that way. So it minimized our risk. Um, and it was also, to tell you the truth, pretty reassuring because patients weren't showing this, this in extremis condition. So they were doing well. And that, even though they had the virus and they had been sick for a, a number of days running a fever, they weren't showing the extreme signs and symptoms. And that, to me, was reassuring. So in the midst of this, again, where you start seeing that people on my crew are being sent home and people that I know are in the ER and people in my first do have the virus and I have risks, you know, factors back at home and family members that I love dearly that I want to protect. So far from what I'm seeing, it's not everybody that gets it that dies. However, you need to be smart. And we need to make sacrifices as intelligent, responsible human beings. Like I can't, I can't in good conscience have my family come over to the house and risk me getting anyone there sick, any of their kids sick. So I got to, I got to cancel the first birthday party, which is a big bummer, but I'm all, you know, in the scheme of things, that's fine. And I, I bet you we look back on this, the first year of his life or the second birthday. And then you go, that's right. We didn't have a birthday for him his first year because of the coronavirus. Remember that? So that's what I'm hoping is, is that happens. Um, and, and that's just the smart move. So if you don't have to go out into the public, don't. If you have family members that are at risk here, avoid bringing them, avoid going over there if you're potentially infected and tell them, stay at home. It's just, a, it's really in the, in the terms of having to sacrifice and do the right thing. It's really a, a, a negligible, negligible sacrifice. Um, when every time I think of like having to sacrifice, I think about like World War II where people were doing, they, they had like silk drives, they had victory gardens, they had... Um, you know, all of these government activities and government programs so that they were feeding the troops, they were getting you know, silk together for parachutes, they were, everybody was working for the effort. And despite the fact that you're seeing political parties still at each other's throats, like middle school children, uh, these are the times when we should be reminded that we're all in this together. And if I make a sacrifice and you make a sacrifice, hey, we're both good people that are trying to make the right decision. And we have the same values. I don't want my family getting, I don't want my parents getting sick. I don't want my kids getting sick and neither do you. 
And I think the more that we start, you know, living that life of showing people through example that we are willing to sacrifice for what we think is important and the thing that we sacrifice for shows us what is important in our lives and seeing that commonality among friends and neighbors and the world at large brings you closer together. So don't go out if you don't need to, all right? All right. Be smart about this. You know, and I hate to say it, but yeah, they say get sleep. If you feel sick, don't go to work. Call out. If you have to call out and you don't have sick time and vacation time, my heart goes out to you. I hope you can go and stay with other people. I hope you've made some stockpiles together. I hope somebody gives you a hand. I hope you can just toughen it out. Hopefully you got some money piled away and you got, you got plenty of food and water and you can, you can ride this out. Let's see, what else? This is just one of those things, man. We, we got to go through these every couple of years. But like I said, it's, um, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's doing the same thing. And the department right now is kind of scratching their head. And it's like you're looking around going, wait a minute, where did, they're out too? They're out too? Oh, Jesus, how, how serious is this thing? Um, it's just not something you take lightly. You joke and then you go, but I'm not really joking. You know, we're just, <laughs> we're trying to make light of it. But again, it's just one of those things that you, you can't ever predict. You don't know what comes next. But in the meantime, go out and get a, go get a respirator. If you can't get one, stay at home, order food in. Ooh, now there's a scary thought. What happens if they have the virus and they bring it over to your house? Um, yeah, maybe this is a time for you to start practicing some home cooking, some meals with beans and rice and tuna fish. Um, and what else do you guys have laying around? Pasta. You can make plenty of pasta. You can make plenty of rice pasta and can of beans and can of green beans, can of green beans and chicken mushroom, and you can put all that together. And some of the best meals I've ever had, the best times I've ever had, have been in the midst of emergency and tragedy. Because it is, if you'll pardon the pun, it's novel. It's new and interesting. And so I remember one trip, just to tell you a great, great, great little, little non sequitur. I was, in, I was in Bali. It was the first trip I ever took out of the country. Uh, save for like Rosarito, but I literally, you know, I'd never been, I'd never flown out of the country. I went in 2001, in March of 2001, and we went to this little island, and was with the girlfriend that I was with then, with this little island called Nusa Lombogan. We're out on this island in the middle of the night, and I'm sitting there with her, where, you know, it's really romantic, it's nice, easy night. And um, having a beer. And you can see there's a thunderhead rolling across the ocean. And as it gets closer, I'm watching this. I'm going, wow, look at this thing. It's really cool, honey. It's like coming. It's getting close. And it's getting closer. And it suddenly, it's right off the coast. And it's coming 
down the damn cove through the bay at like 70 miles an hour. And as it's coming, it's just... And it's sitting lightning and I start freaking out. And I go, hey, this is going to hit us. It's coming right for us. It's at 12 o'clock high. And it is directly in our... We're in its path. So as we're sitting there, we're watching it. I start going, well, how low do I need to get here? I'm in a house. I'm in a hut. I'm in, if I'm down low, if it hits the steeple, if it hits the roof peak. So this thing's coming down, barreling down on us. And, and I look at her and I go, just, just, I don't know, get under the bed. No, don't get under the bed. It's, it's metal frame. And, and she just like sits down with me on the tile. And I, she goes, what do we, what? And I go, I, I don't know. And her hair starts, the little hairs start to go up. And then her face goes from that to like a, the light hits and it's like a negative. Like her changes into like a, gr- a bright lime green blue. And the, uh, and the, um, and the bolt hits about 60 yards from our house. And it hits the tree that's there. Palm tree. Shuts off, or it must have hit like a transform. Shuts off all power to the entire island, and I'm freaking out, you know. And I'm, and she starts to cry. You can barely hear. It got loud. Thing goes right over us, and I'm just kind of holding her. I'm like, "Hey, it's good, you know. We, you know, I didn't know what to say. I think it's gonna be all right, but I don't know. Meanwhile, I'm like, um, and you know, I, I don't know what happens. You know, since then I've heard of people getting struck by lightning. Yeah, they say you're fine. Those are the people that make it. Nevertheless, though, the thing passed over our heads, just rolling, rolling. It's on the other side of the island. Goes off. Gone. And we're just sitting there in darkness. You know, windows reverberating. And we just look around. We're like, what do we do? But then that wave of like, holy shit. That was so cool. What the hell? You know, you just get this elation because you're alive. And you feel so renewed. And you're just like, yeah, that was awesome. And then you look up. Is there any more coming? No? Okay. Okay. I think we're good. Um, try the phones. Try the No, phones don't work. Okay. Try the electricity. It doesn't work. Okay. Well, it was about 9 o'clock. And we go, well, I, want, I mean, we need some food. We haven't eaten tonight. We had kind of like walked around, lit candles, nothing, nothing we got to eat. Um, so let's just walk up to the restaurant and see what, what's going on. Maybe they have like peanut butter or something. You know, there might be somebody working. With these little huts, you know, they, it's, not, it's not a resort by any means. So we walk up there and then as we're going up, you hear the... Because they got a generator going. And we go up there and they got hurricane lamps going. They got a generator on. They're cooking by a fire. And the special that night, still up on the A-frame, was Lobster Thermidor. So my first time ever having Lobster Thermidor was after a thunderstorm that came by my hut, struck 60 yards from our hut, blew up a transformer, and then afterwards, I went to this little shack and ate lobster thermidor. It was one of the most amazing nights 
I've ever had. And it just came into my head and I was thinking, thinking about how great things can be. After, after tragedy, after insanity and anxiety, in the way that when that ebbs, um, the amazing grateful feeling you have for being alive. Isn't that great? I, I miss that, I, you know, but uh, I don't miss it. It's scary. So this is scary right now, but, you know, maybe in the midst of that, when you're sitting at home and you're scared and all you got to eat is a tuna fish and pasta and you got to go through all of the milk before it goes bad, before you could get to the store, uh, you'll be surprised. It's one of the most delicious meals you ever had because you're having it with family and it's, it's something to remember. So, God, that was a ridiculous story. I, I thought that was going to touch something good. I'm sorry, but damn it. I, I, loved, I liked remembering it. So maybe you got some of those things you can remember and you can put in your own damn podcast. So uh, anyway, from me to you, listen. Stay safe. <laughs> Stay in the mainland. Don't fly the Nusa Limbogon right now. And um, maybe if you can push your trips, you know, push them. Also, maybe there's deals for you to take a look at. I would avoid cruises if I were you. And, and keep the lights burning and, and keep yourself safe. And remember, wash your hands over and over again. You know what I like to do is they say, sing happy birthday. That should be the, the amount of time you use to wash your hands. The other thing I heard to say was repeat what Tra- Paul Atreides says to himself in Dune. I must not fear. You start, you wash your hands. And this is good for this right now. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the small death that brings total annihilation. I will face my fear. I will allow my fear to pass over me and through me. When it is gone, I'll turn my inner eye to see where fear has gone. There will be nothing. Only I will remain. Right? Right? Something to that extent. Anyway, it takes about 15 to 20 seconds to say it, and that's about as long as you're supposed to wash your hands. So clean that stuff. Go up to your elbows. Act like you're a doctor on ER. And, um, and just be safe. Don't be stupid out there. And remember, just have, have, have it responsible next couple of weeks. I I think that it's tapering down in Asia. There goes somebody dispatching uh, a, a new test testing kit to get to O'Connor Hospital. Uh, I, it's tapering down in Asia. It's growing in Italy, but uh, I think more people than we know have it here, but I think it's, we don't know because they're not as, as uh, sick as we, we are worried they will become. Right? Or they're worried that everyone's becoming. They're not as sick as people are making it out to be. That being said, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And don't do any unnecessary risks. And um, go to school. And, you know, they should. Anyway, that's a whole other thing. Just be safe. Be careful. I love you all. If you, if you got it, use it. Or if you got a sacrifice, do it. Do it. Uh, it's a good time to show you in life what is the most important thing for you. Okay, so it should be your health, your family's health, your longevity. And then maybe the good of the world, you know. Do things, do things as a civic individual, people that care about their society. And you want to see, you want to see everybody succeed. All right. I'll talk to you soon, I promise. Take care.